Chapter Twenty Two of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. No Quarter by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter Twenty Two the cagers on dangerous ground yonder be the big city at last glad i am ain't you that jinkum it was jerky jack who spoke the exclamation meant for his sister who was with him the interrogation addressed to the donkey they were not upon any of the forest roads but quite on the other side of the severn trudging along toward bristol the big city whose spires jack had caught sight of one could almost fancy that the dumb brute comprehended the question facetiously put at the words elevating its head giving a wallop or two with its long ears and mending the pace it be good three miles to go yet rejoined the woman just that fray the crossroads a bit forward well winnie us ought to get theer by seven o the clock so us ought if nothing stop we and she cast an anxious glass along the road ahead don't think there be much danger o getting stopped now the governor o gloucester said whence we got well on maybe we'd meet some o bristol soldiers patrolling about wish we did tain't no ways comfortable travelling all of the time in fear of being pulled up and knocked about by them cavaliers ha ha if that party we passed at berkeley could a seen through my wooden leg tain't like they i'd be stumpin along here true but tain't wise to cry safe till one be sure of it you know they told us in gloucester that the king's dragoneers had it all their own way in the country places hymns they call prince rupert going about like a raging lion running people through and shooting em down with pistols if they were no better than dogs it's a big risk us this running jack right ye bees there but then the reward winnie if us only get safe inside it ought to be worth more'n the profits on a twelve-month occasion don't you think twill course i do she spoke in all sincerity whatever the money reward jerky jack was looking forward to the woman had another in view also contingent on their safe arrival inside the city one she thought worth far more than money for there she would or should meet a man she had not seen for months though ardently longing to see him scarce necessary to say rob wilde was the individual 
when it was known that the erst deer-stealer of dean forest was now a soldier first sergeant of a troop forming part of the force then garrisoning bristol ye up jenkum cried jack encouraged by his sister's words at the same time conscious as she of the danger alluded to and the probability of their yet encountering obstruction it was just after the capture of serenchester by prince rupert a massacre bearing neither man nor woman friend nor foe they who survived it have been carried or rather dragged off to oxford in triumphal train a feast for the eyes of the king to meet it he with his entourage of courtiers and sycophants sallied forth from the city of colleges but not of education or manners supreme capital of conceit and snobbery almost as much then as now they were miles out coming from whitney by hundreds of half-naked people shivering in the chill frost of a winter's day weary and footsore covered with mud from the roads they had been driven over as cattle to market an impartial historian or certainly not one who favors the parliament thus records the cruel episode tying them in pairs they were marched to oxford the king with many nobles and commanders and people of the city went forth to witness their arrival they formed a long line upon the road escorted by two troops of cavalry among them were gentlemen and ministers and a mixed multitude of soldiers husbandmen and townsmen the ways were foul with trampling of horses the captives had gone sometimes knee-deep in mire beaten and driven along like jaded beasts all of them weary and many of them wounded in this wretched train appeared a ghastly figure naked and because he was unable to march with the rest mounted upon the bare back of a horse his form was manly and handsome though exhausted he sat upright with an undaunted air and the remarkable fairness of his bodily complexion was heightened where it was not concealed by gore from many a gaping wound as he drew near the king a brawling woman cried aloud to him ah you traitorous rogue you are well enough served he turned upon her a scornful look retorted a term of base report sunk from his seat and expired such was the spectacle to which the ruffian rupert treated his uncle after the taking of serenchester 
at the expense of its unfortunate citizens and the kind-hearted king looked upon it without showing a spark of pity while his courtiers gloated over it in a very exuberance of joy even insulting the wretched captives by ribald speech while giving gleeful and fulsome congratulations to their inhuman captors the fall of sorenchester was the prelude to that of tewixbury Wallensbury, and devesies all hitherto held by parliamentary forces while the strong castles of sudley and berkeley had also to be evacuated by them changing garrisons and showing new flags above their donjons so close pressed at this time were the partisans of the parliament in the border shires that macy was all but cooped up in gloucester while the new governor of bristol was almost equally engaged within the seaport of the severn not strange then jerky and his sister having fear to encounter the cavaliers as jack called them though as humble cadgers they would not be exempt from outrage at the hands of the royalists one of whom hastings son of an aristocratic nobleman had obtained such notoriety in this line as to be called rob carrier the princely pundular rupert had set the fashion and wherever he had set his troops had control the ropes were only passable for travellers at the risk of being stripped as by highwaymen and butchered in cold blood on the slightest show of resistance it was no market commodity however about which jerky and his sister were apprehensive nor aught else carried in jinkum's panniers these being absolutely empty what it was could not be learnt from anything seen upon the donkey or the persons of its owners though jack's allusion to his wooden leg with certain eventualities contingent on its being seen through seemed to point to some mysterious matter whatever it might be no more speech was heard concerning it then jerky with another ye up adding three more mile jinkum and you'll be in the snug corner of an instable yard we a measure of barley or beans at your nose think of that despite the evident hurry the cager was in no thwack of stick accompanied the words nor was any needed the night was well nigh on the air piercingly cold the road frost-bound with nothing on either side that even an ass could eat and jacob hungry enough seemed to know something of that snug stable-yard which promised barley or beans so 
setting ears as if determined to reach the city soon as possible it again risked its pace the firm frozen ground favored speed enabling jinkum to go gingerly along it was equally favorable to jack with his timber leg or he would have had ado to keep up with the donkey as it was no time was left him for aught else than quick tramping the rough and now darkened path calling for all the attention he could bestow on it to save him from a tumble but he had no need to tumble himself with any lookout ahead that was left to the big sister who stepping out some paces in advance scanned the road at every turn and corner she saw nothing however to be apprehended if there were any cavaliers in the neighborhood either the hour between day and night or the pinching cold kept them confined to their quarters at all events neither cavaliers nor wayfarers of any other specialty were encountered by them and for the last three miles of trudge toward bristol they had the road all to themselves End of chapter twenty two